When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Hello once again, Pats Pals and Foxborough friends. We welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI, WEEI.com, and Odyssey 2400 Sports. I'm your host, your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, joined as always by the wonderful original magic man himself, Chris Primetime Shime. What's going on, my guy? What's up, Fitzy? I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I haven't been doing a whole lot of football research lately. I've been watching. I am. I am neck deep in British Open. So, oh yeah. I. You know what? Honestly, I was interested in the golf, as the kids like to say. Yeah, when of course. We had our first live golf invitational, uh, which butted up against the U.S. Open, played at the fabulous Country Club in Brookline. Yes. Uh, I. I like many am. Uh, sort of consumed in the Tiger Woods drama, but I've been so into the football in preparation of training camp, which by the time we release this podcast will be but 12 days away. You'll likely be listening to this podcast either on release day, July 15th, 2022, maybe the 16th or 17th, because you enjoy a good weekend pod like any other Pats fan or member of Pats Nation. We're less than two weeks away from training camp, so I'm in it. I am neck deep. I am fully submerged. I am 11 laying back in the immersion pool. I am in the upside down of Patriots football right now, and I am ready for battle. And I hope you guys who have been following, listening, subscribing, and helping us drive to some near record numbers over the past month and a half or so, continue to tell your friends about the podcast at Six Rings Pod. If you wouldn't mind, like, subscribe, and follow. We are going to wrap up our positional breakdown series we've been doing over the past month with the final of the 11 positional groups on your New England Patriots football team. And those would be one of the most interesting and possibly biggest, dare I say, Shyamalama Ding Dong, biggest boom or bust group on the Patriots. And those would be the linebackers. Now, yeah. um, you could almost say we touched on linebackers. Like, you could say we touched on the offensive line when we talked tight ends. You could say we talked tight ends when we t- discussed offensive line with Matt light a little while back 
You could say, though, that we talked linebackers when we reviewed what we believe to be the strongest positional group on the Patriots, safeties, because as the NFL progresses and offenses evolve and offenses get faster and trickier and the playmakers more skilled, elite and uh, ankle breaky, if you will, now your safeties are starting to become uh, more integral to the linebacking core. Your linebackers are getting smaller and faster and almost more hybrid safety like gone are the days of the pepper johnsons and the ted johnsons maybe even gone now are the days of the donta hightowers and obviously kyle van noy a starter last season who returned for his second tour of duty in foxesboro now he finds himself on the highly valued uh afc west los angeles or los angeles los, los diego chargers as i like to call them turnover 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 in the linebacking core this year, Shime. A lot of new faces. Yep. Uh, 10,000 foot view, not necessarily a zip take, 10,000 foot view of the Patriots linebacking core as we head into camp. Yeah, I don't necessarily love it. It's a position group I think could arguably be one of the worst on the team. Like this and corner to me feel like the worst position group on the team. But I think the 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 good news here compared to cornerback is I think there's at least some variable to the linebackers where there is a potential for overachieving, right? Like mm -hmm. cornerbacks, uh, all the corners we have on the roster are all older guys that are relative known commodities aside from Jack Jones, Marcus Jones. But on Correct. the linebacker side of it, outside of Juwan Bentley, these guys aren't necessarily known commodities. Mac Wilson's only been in the league for three years. He started a ton his rookie year, and then it has gotten less and less over the course of his career. But we know basically nothing about Josh josh uche we know basically nothing about ronnie perkins mm -hmm. um so at, at least in in raekwon mcmillan has shown that he has some ability but we don't know a whole lot about him we know basically nothing about Cameron. so those guys are ultimately massive variables they could suck or they could be pretty good um i i ha, knowing nothing about them and, and the fact that they haven't hit the field yet and they're none of them are rookies uh, makes me a bit weary, but at least I think there's some potential there compared to your cornerback position. We fear the unknown in this life, yes. Christopher Scheim. And the New England Patriots linebacking core 2022 truly represents the great football unknown. Riddle me this, Pats man. Who's going to be your starting left inside linebacker, right inside linebacker, strong side linebacker. We don't know. Well, and that's what it's all about. They're gonna play, right? they're not, I, I mean, they're, like everything is up in the part. air. I can Belichick. literally tell you like two or three guys, Lawrence guy gives it everything he has and yep. is a utilitarian defensive lineman. Matthew Judon is going to be trying to get upfield and in the quarterback's face, every play bull rushing on the outside with like speed with his elite combination of speed, power, and football knowledge. And Christian Barmore is just going to be trying to blow up the gut of your defense. After that, oh, and DMAC, DMAC and Adrian Phillips are in the back, and Kyle Duggar's all over the place. That leaves so many variables. So many things are going to be in play. Like, okay, they re-signed Long Juwan Bentley. Yeah, they like Juwan Bentley's re-signed. Who knows if that was a stability move? Yep. If they really think he's going to be like the one single he base linebacker. He may just linebacker. be the play caller. He may like, just be may the be green the dot reason. guy. That's it. Yeah. They were high on Raekwon McMillan last year. Tejas ACL comes back. They're still high on him, but is he 100%? Are we going to get anything from Anthony Jennings, or is he just going to be the latest Alabama slash mid-round linebacker flameout? The Harvey Longy story. Is it the, something that belongs? It's a great story. Uh, at, 
a lifetime hallmark or the football channel movie, or is he actually going to contribute? Who the hell is Jelani Tavai? And how did Matt Patricia convince Bill Belichick to bring him back to the team last year? Mac Wilson. Are we going to get something from the guy that we got for Chase Winovich, who basically was Josh Uche before it was cool to be Josh Uche? And will Ronnie Perkins or Josh Uche make an impact on the pass rush this year now that you lose the veteran leadership, poise, power, and presence of Donta Hightower? And Jamie Collins, who came back three times, and the aforementioned uh, Kyle Van Noy. It's just this weird thing, too. Like, long gone are the days of base 3-4 defenses, base 4-3 defenses. Like, 90% of the time this year, I would assume the Patriots are going to be playing with two linebackers or less uh, on the field. Like, it's it's good. it's not going to be very often that you're going to see three or more linebackers on the field just because, yep. A, the safety group is so good, so mm-hmm. those guys need to be on the field. And, yep. B, it's just you need faster, skinnier guys because so many teams are going to pass and, and – and it's it's kind of this too high world that we're living in, and so I just I it, I have so many questions, right? Like I think the the ultimate question for me is is where do these guys fit in? Because to me, guys like Ronnie Perkins and uh, Uche and McGrone. Oh, it's S or get off the pot season for the, the well, first that two. and especially Ronnie Perkins. They don't feel like linebackers to me. They feel like those linebacker D end hybrids, mm-hmm. like like your Von Miller, but not what not nearly as talented. Like Matt uh, Judon, that's what Matt yes, Judon. Exactly. He's not a linebacker. He's no, a, but he's, he's also an... not a D end either. He's not Chandler Jones. Right. So it's like these weird hybrid pass rush linebackers, and those are what I feel. That's the the bucket I feel those guys are in. So ultimately, for me, I I think the linebacker position is going to boil down primarily to Jawan Bentley, Mac Wilson, Raquan McMillan. Like those are the three guys in my head that make the most sense, at least that are going to impact the actual middle of the field at like inside linebacker. All right. So let's play a quick edition of happy town, sad clown. Let's do. (laughs) And but when I say, when I say happy town, sad clown, I mean, I need you to tell me which Patriots linebacker you think has the best chance of breaking through turning heads garnering headlines and getting a lot of positive mentions on WEEI on the six rings pod and from Pat's nation this season. And I need to know which linebacker is going to make people want to hurl their craft beverage of choice, uh, laptop uh, phone that they just used to make a wager at their flat screen TV, uh, or at least out the window this season. I'm going to go with the guy, the happy town. I'm going to go Raquan McMillan. I think he'll probably, I feel like he will emerge as the best linebacker you have. Now, I don't know exactly how good that will be, but I think he'll be like your number one linebacker. Like the end of the season, week 18, he is your default, like number one on the depth chart linebacker and inside linebacker. That That is my assumption. Uh, sad clown, I mm-hmm. am going to go with, uh, I, I, am, I am firmly in the camp of we're going to have a double sad clown of Cameron McGrone and Ronnie Perkins. Oh, like I think, I oh. think there's, I think there's a good chance these guys get like put on waivers or cut in the middle <laughs> of the season and are like long gone. Uh, I just, I have oh. zero faith that they will impact this team whatsoever. I just, I, part, the one with Ronnie Perkins, a lot of it is, 
I just feel like Belichick already hit so much in that draft that he can't then also hit on Ronnie Perkins. There has to be somebody that falls apart in those early rounds when you hit on Mac Jones and Christian Barmore with your first two picks. Right. So you're literally like, not allowed to hit on every pick through the first four rounds. Yeah. I, so I'm just bet. So I am. I think the the Ronnie Perkins in me is more so a math play. I think Cameron McGrone is the real sad clown. Oh, I just don't I, think he's. I don't think I, I think with the the double ACL tears and stuff. I just I don't think he'll be good enough to fast enough to play. Now, see, it's funny because I was actually going to go with Happy Town being Cameron McGrone, a story oh. with high expectations because everyone said, I know the Belichick got him last year because he was injured in the fifth round and he ended up getting redshirted his entire fr freshman rookie season. But now he's coming back. He's fast. You've gotten a lot of that sort of like, you know, um, uh, uh, he would have been a second rounder. Here he comes. I know, like, we just recently experienced a Michigan flameout. Again, someone who should be able to rush the passer came in with lots of props and potential in Chase Winovich, and he gets flushed out because it doesn't fit the system. I don't know if he wasn't good enough against the run. He was one of those infuriating cases of maybe he is going to work somewhere else, and he just doesn't yeah. fit the Belichick system. Says one week you'll see him just getting after the passer like he did in that 2020 rainstorm game against Baltimore. He was all yep. over the place. And then the next week he's like a DNP. You know, like exactly it, it, like the linebacking equivalent of Jonas Gray, like one week you love me, next week you hate me. You want to kill me, you want to kiss me, why don't you go blow? It makes no sense whatsoever. None. For Cam and McGrone, I think we're going to finally see what a Patriots linebacker or what a modern NFL linebacker needs to look like because he's, he's saying all the right things, sure. Seems to have the right attitude. But if he comes back healthy enough, healthy enough now, because it'll have been like a year and a half post-ACL tear, if he's healthy enough, he's quick enough, seems to be strong enough, he's going to look the part of somebody that can help defend that middle-of-the-field shine that was absolutely an abomination in the second half of the season last year, particularly yeah. when they were getting carved up by Miami. Tua with the quick read options and somebody always open over the middle because the old linebackers were just a step too slow. Against Buffalo, when the Isaiah McKenzie's uh, and other, you know, other like slot receivers come in, they burn their safety or their corner, and there's no linebacker help over the middle. Cameron McGrone, to me, has the greatest chance to surprise people and have people saying, like, Belichick knew. He went and grabbed his guy. He sat on him for a while. He trusted his vets last year. He obviously drove them in well past the check engine light, but now he's got a fancy new car that he can take out and deploy in multiple capacities. The, the sad clown for me, the easy answer is Anthony Jennings, because I think we just need to already. Yeah. I've se I, we've seen what Cook we've it. seen. Cook him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's time to bang a gong and move on. There's a chance, though. I think I think Uche season could be real. I don't know if Ronnie Perkins is big enough. I think I think well, so it's, it's, you can be the fast enough. Yeah, you can be the Matt Judon of the Big 12, but if you want to be the Matt Jude, the guy opposite Matt Judon who draws Matt Judon comps, you need to get bigger. And you need to be ready to take on 325-pound brohemoths like Taylor Lewan. He doesn't Lewand run fast edge. enough to play linebacker. He runs like Correct. a four-seven forty, but not he's not enough. big enough to play the end. Like right. he's not gonna he's not gonna beat out guys like Dietrich Wise and Henry Anderson. He's just not. Um, and, and so, and I think that's where he's gonna fall short. And I, I don't hate the Uche like hype. Like I don't I don't think he's gonna be a tremendous linebacker, but I think he could make some plays off the edge. Like again, this is a guy I think that is. It has some bend and some speed off the edge. And it was, he's very similar to, so David Ojabu was the first round or 
first round grade, but I, I think he ended up going in the second or third round for Michigan because he tore his Achilles. Yep. Uh, like in the training camps prior to the draft. Oh, that was um, awful. Oh, I remember. And oh, that Andy, was terrible. Andy loves that guy. He thinks he he is special and he has a lot of potential. And I see Josh Uche very much in that mold. Maybe not quite as talented, but at least has that ability a little bit. And so if Josh Uche, in my opinion, has success, I think it'll be off the edge and not necessarily at linebacker. Right. Now, you and I were both a little disappointed on draft night for a number of reasons, yep. uh, whether, whether or not Cole Strange lives up to the requisite amount of nasty attitude and power that he's supposed to deliver to a revamped offensive line remains to be seen. You and I both like Florida State defensive and Jeremiah Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, Jermaine yeah. Johnson. Thank you. Who went to the Jetropolitans who oh, had so one of the sad. all-time drafts. It was so sad. The kid may end up being a stud. You've got all of these different excellent defensive ends, which technically is D line, but also is linebacker adjacent uh, playing now. You got Jalen Phillips down in Miami. Yep. Uh, obviously you got, you got Jermaine Johnson with the jets. They just picked up Carl Lawson, had an Achilles tear last Von year. Miller's now with the bills. Von Miller is with the bills. Uh, it escapes me the name of the uh, the name of the kid that they got two years ago from Carlos Basham. Uh, yeah, like there's great linebacker DN hybrids all oh, over. Gregory the Rousseau AS is the R other kid. Rousseau is the other kid from Miami, second year yeah. now playing in Buffalo. No, yeah. and they have another one too from three years ago from Purdue. I, uh, you'll have to excuse me; the name's escaping me. But like, there's pass rushing pressure and presence on the end on every team. And yeah. we talked about this in the D-line episode, and we're going to revisit it one more time as we wrap our little linebacker breakdown here. Who's going to be the difference maker and provide pressure opposite Matthew Judon? Because if the answer is, I don't know, or maybe he's not on the team, or maybe we just have to scheme around that, then but well before these cornerbacks get a chance to get exposed, the D is going to be cooked because without any pressure, without any pass rush shine, without any confusion and trouble up front, in the, the four, five, six, or seven you've got around the, the offensive slash defensive line, if you can't muddy up and push around the trench, then forget about your corners and safeties finding the time to cover these guys. They're toast. And and I think my, my, my last thought on this too is that I think you can really criticize Belichick because I think there was some opportunities to to sure up the linebacker core. For the last two drafts, I've been saying we need to draft linebackers. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa mm. fell into the second round. Oh, not this past year, the, the Joker year in Cleveland! And oh, I was like, this God. guy's perfect. He's the oh. new age. He's the new age linebacker. He's the new the Keanu field. Neal. He's the new Tev. He, yeah, like he, yeah, like he he can play linebacker. He can run stop, but he also can cover running backs. And, and I I love Belichick getting Christian Barmore in the second round, but I felt like you needed to get a guy like Owusu Koromoa as well, um, almost more importantly. And uh, and so to me, it's it's kind of upset. And so I think if that weighs against Belichick, right? Like the yep. opportunity was there. Again, you had mentioned Jermaine Johnson as a pass mm -hmm. rusher, Owusu Koromoa the year before. The opportunity was there to draft linebackers or, or pass rushers, and he didn't. And so if what he has doesn't work out, I think that has to be held against him. I'm gonna I'm going to say this name. And only because he was picked, I believe the Patriots selected Cole Strange 29th. Jermaine Johnson was selected right before by the Jetropolitans. Yep. Pats go Cole Strange 29th, I believe. I'm not looking at the Google machine. I believe selected right after, and I mean like immediately after the Cole Strange pick was announced. I don't think the chefs could have gotten the pick in any faster. Not just because he's an honorary Grecian. Uh, George Karloftis, I think yes. there's a good chance we may be talking about, oh no. 
I wish we had that guy would have looked good in Foxborough. Big end who could pr- play linebacker, speedy, rushes the passer, coverage instincts, and just looks like he was pressed in the mold where they make football people. Yeah, it was just one of the. He was a. He was like a, almost like a dumbed down version of Aiden Hutchinson, and 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 he would have fit perfectly into a New England system. Like it doesn't get any more cookie cutter for what Belichick right. has always wanted to do with defensive end. Was you know he's from Michigan and he's a natural Midwestern, but looks like he work, hangs out with all his surfer bros. And yep. George Karloftis looks like he grew up working at the family restaurant, but also loves football. George Karloftis on a talent level is like right in between what you got out of Rob Ninkovich here and mm-hmm. what Aiden Hutchinson can be like, and he smacked yes. that in the middle, which yes. is exactly why I feel like he would have been uh, the perfect Patriot. And uh, yet you draft a guard instead. I don't get it. Oh, we, we could have called him Greek Ninko or Grinko. Oh. It would have been Greco. It would have been perfect. The Greek riot. The gra- <laughs> oh, Yasu Shime and Yasu to your health, to everyone who puts up with us, enjoys this podcast, gives us a follow at six rings pod. Tells their friends about it. Listens to the i, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, uh, on Greekriot, on Grinko, or wherever you like to get your podcast. Grinko, well. where you copy papers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a little silly in my day. Oh, God bless you, Shine. Uh, and so that'll wrap up not only our quick preview here on the Six Rings Pod of the linebacker position. But all of our positional breakdowns, all 11, you can go back to the previous 10 episodes prior to this one if you want to hear our positional breakdowns from safety to linebacker, receiver, running backs, quarterback, special teams, linebackers, Grinkos, and more. They were all here on the previous 11 episodes of the Six Rings pod. Okay, 